Welcome back, BetMGM Tonight. PJ Glasser, Sean Levine here with you. Filling in for Ryan, Nick, and Trista on this Tuesday. Well, Carolina stopped scoring, but they, they haven't needed to, to score anymore. They're up 6-1 on the Devils with seven and a half minutes to go. Looks like they are well on their way to a commanding 3-1 series lead. We got some money, Sean, pouring in on the Dallas Stars. They have gone from minus 145 on the money line to now minus 160. And the Kraken are plus 130. So if you like Seattle, you got a little more uh, little more extra money there if you want to take it at plus 130. In the NBA, we're starting the fourth quarter. The Boston Celtics are plus 525 at home wow. right now, trailing 16 they are plus nine and a half. The over-under is 213 and a half. Sean, we saw them make a big-time comeback in game four. Do you think they have another one in them? No, I don't. I think that Philly wins this. I think the number's about right on Boston, but I want to know this from you, PJ. Who do you like in this series now? Assuming that Philly ends up pulling off this fourth quarter and wins the game, who are we taking? Are we taking the Sixers not actually win this thing? It's a great question. I, I oh I think I like Boston. I think I like Boston. You still like Boston. I really do. You still, still like Boston. Do. I do. I do. You, what do you, you think do that spreads to Philly, right? I do. I do. Well, I mean, they really could have won both games in Philadelphia. So yeah, I, I don't think that bothers me. They just they played they played so bad tonight. We'll see how this fourth quarter looks, but wow. What do you think that spread's gonna be, Sean, for game six if Philly hangs on to win? Boston minus two? Man, if they end up winning this game running away, like right now in the fourth quarter, they're up by 16 points. I think that everybody would have told you, no matter who won this game tonight, it was going to be close. Nobody thought, even if it was Boston, that was ultimately going to win this game, that it was going to be a blowout. And right now, 88-72, Philadelphia at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So let's say that the lead stays about the same. They beat them by double digits. I think Philly's like probably... Probably a three-point favorite at the crib to close out the series. Really? Yeah, really. I do. They're at home. They're healthy. They've got momentum. And they'd be coming off of a game where they completely expose Boston. Like, I, I I think that Philly, if they win this game tonight, then they are, for the first time since the process began, since they started this whole, you know, top five draft pick thing, that we can really talk about them as a championship contender. They got to win this quarter, and they, they got to win this game tonight. But if they win this game tonight, you, you can't really deny that Philadelphia is now at the big boy table and actually has the chance to win a championship. I wouldn't have said any of this stuff a couple of weeks ago when the playoffs started. But if they pull off this game tonight and they're up on the Celtics three games to two and it looks like they're going to play the Miami Heat where they would have home court advantage, I mean, I think Philly's shown us that they've, they've earned their spot. How many people would have had Philadelphia and Miami potentially meeting in the Eastern Conference Final before the playoffs started? Bro, how many people would have had the Lakers not only being alive, but perhaps, depending on how this game finishes up, if Philly wins being the odds-on favorite at BetMGM to win the whole thing. Like, if you ask me right now, $3 million, Sean, give me your final four. Based on everything that we have right now, I would tell you it's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers 
versus the Miami Heat, which is nuts. I mean, that never would have come out of my mouth in a million years a couple of weeks ago. Right now, you gave me a free million bucks and said, who's coming out of the East? It'd be Philadelphia, and it would be Miami. And if you ask me out West, I'm definitely saying the Lakers. I think that series is over. Give me Phoenix. I don't. I don't, I'm not a big believer in the Nuggets. I think Phoenix could pull it off tonight if they do all of a sudden, kind of like Philly's putting the pressure on Boston. I, I, I think I'm taking Phoenix. I'm taking Phoenix, L.A., Philly, Miami. That's my final four. What say you? Wow. I'll go Denver, L.A., Miami, and Boston. I, I still, I'm still having faith in Boston. I still will. I, Sean, I'm telling you, if Philadelphia hangs on to win this game, they're going to lose game six. Bro, it's the Sixers with Doc Rivers. Like, that's what they do. They're going to get their fan base I know, but is it always so... going to be? Is it always going to be, they... PJ? Like, is there ever going to be a point where we stop saying that? Is there ever going to be a point where we go, all right, it actually worked with Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid. They finally figured out the process. They finally figured out the mix. Because, man, think about what they've tried over the last six or seven years since they've had Joel Embiid, whether it's been draft picks, whether it's been trades. Hell, they had Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago, and somehow right. that didn't work out. But I think if they win this game tonight, and right now, man, they're up by 16 with 10 minutes left, so we have to stop, talk, stop talking about ifs here pretty soon and talk about that it's going to be legit. I'm, do- I'm done doubting Philly, man. I'm not the biggest fan of Doc Rivers, but as a KU guy, I've always been a huge oh. Embiid guy. I hear what you're saying. You have plenty of reasons they're to doubt. They're sucking you in. They're sucking you no, in. This is what they do. No, they're do. not sucking me in. You need to come around, bro. And there's still room on the bandwagon, but there's not going to be for long. Let me ask you. Are you ever, in the next five to ten years, are you ever going to pick Gonzaga to win the national championship in men's college hoops? Well, you know I'm a Jayhawk, so that'd be sacrilege. So you know the answer to that one. No. Okay. If you, if you weren't a Jayhawk, if you were filling out a second bracket... Yeah, I probably would. You would, okay. Because that probably, my question yeah. where I was going with that is, you know, I, oh, like there are some people that are just probably going to be done with Gonzaga forever, right? Like they've backed him too many times with Mark Few, all the teams he had that they're just like he, he's never going to win one. So I was wondering if now that you're coming around on Philly, if you would also be like, no, Mark Few, he's going to get one eventually. Like eventually – with all the talent that he's had at that school, he's he's going to get one at some point. That's just life, brother. That's not sport. That's not college basketball or NBA. At some point in life, if you put yourself in the best position to do whatever, to get the job, to get the girl, to whatever we're talking about here, to win a championship, and, and you keep, you're, all, you're almost always there, and then the next year you're closer, and then maybe you take a little bit of a step back, but then you're right there, I'm of the belief that at some point, you're always going to get the girl. You're always going to get the job. It's just a matter of time. And here's the thing. We're talking about Joel Embiid. I get it. There's plenty of questions about Doc Rivers. There's plenty of questions about the way that that entire organization has operated for the last handful of years. But let's not pretend like they don't have the best basketball player in the world, or if you want to say that's Giannis, the second best basketball player in the world. So it wouldn't be completely out of left field if the Philadelphia 76ers won it's just, if anything, they've underachieved the last handful of years, right? They have. They have. What do you think they do with Milwaukee's Harden? Gone. If, they end up, if they end up going to the finals, I mean, there's been all this Harden talk to Houston. Like, would they be forced to bring him back? Bro, 
they'd be forced to bring him back and they'd be almost forced to build a statue for him. And yeah, I'm a little bit tongue in cheek here, but can you imagine if this ends up being the secret recipe to win a championship? Like James Harden, who's been floating around now for a few years, who everybody thought his skill set had diminished and maybe Embiid wasn't going to win one and all the hate on Doc. And then all of a sudden, this team goes out there and wins a championship. But again, maybe at the beginning of the playoffs, this was a fun conversation to have because we thought, eh, they take a pretty far back seat to those top two teams, right? Everybody thought at the beginning of the playoffs, it was either going to be Milwaukee, maybe it was going to be Boston, but nobody really thought that Philly was there just now. And here they are, man, up 14 points with less than nine minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Breaking news, the Philadelphia 76ers are here and they are a real threat to win the championship. Literally just as good of, if they win this game, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, maybe you could talk me into the Nuggets or the Suns. Those teams all have better than five to one, six to one chance to win the championship, which is why put your money on the Miami Heat, dude. Right now, as I speak, you can get them 18 to one to win the championship, even if they don't, PJ. Let's just say, even if they keep playing well and make it to the finals, at that point, let's say they're playing the Lakers or the Nuggets, whoever it is. You can hedge your bet a little bit, or you can let it ride. Yeah. So if you're going to play a long shot, man, Miami is a live wire to win this thing. No, I, I actually like where you're going. I'm At commercial break, Sean, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to bet Miami to, to win it all because I agree with you. I think if it, if it is Philly, I think, I think Miami's got a really good shot of winning that series. And if they do, I don't know if they necessarily beat the team that comes out of the West, but with an 18-1 in my pocket – I can play around right. with that a little bit. I can play around with that a little bit. So I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Uh, all right, Sean. So back to the athletic article. We had t- guys 11 through 20 looking at these listed names, wondering if there's anybody that kind of jumps out to you that maybe you thought was ranked a little high, you thought was ranked a little low. We had A.J. Griffin. He was ranked at 11. Jalen Duran from Detroit's in there. Dyson Daniels at 13. Mark Williams at 14. Tari Easton of Houston, 15. Christian Brown, who's playing right now for Denver, 16. Jaden Hardy for Dallas was 17. Andrew Nemhard, Indiana, 18. Your guy, Ochai Abaji, 19 for Utah. And Malachi Branham, San Antonio, 20. I'll start with Ochai. You obviously watched every college game he played with KU. What, what kind of pro did you think he was going to be? And did he kind of exceed your expectations? Did he kind of turn out to be what you thought he was? What are your thoughts? Well, he didn't get on the court for a while. And then toward the end of the season, once he finally got some minutes, he was racking up a few 20-point games. And for a guy that led the conference in scoring, was the Big 12 Player of the Year, obviously ended up leading his team to a national championship. Ochai had pretty big expectations. You know... As a KU guy, I've seen a lot of this type of player, this kind of Ben McLemore type player, where mm. can he excel the same way at the next level and actually make a difference? We're about to find out, right? I think you could say that about a lot of the guys in this particular draft because most of the time it takes a while, even for a really good rookie, to actually make an impact on a team where he changes the win-loss category, right? That's why I was talking about Keegan Murray earlier. I'm not suggesting that Keegan Murray should have been the rookie of the year or should have been a top five pick. But if we're talking about what rookie this past season, PJ, had the most positive impact on their team, it's 
tough not to say a guy like Keegan Murray. So anyway, back to the Ocho Abaji question. I think that he's in a good spot, and I think that over the next couple of years, he has a really good chance to be a 15-, 16-point-a-game scorer. Yeah, no, I agree. And you brought up a great point with all the KU guys. Like, I'm thinking through the Ben McLemore's, the Malik Newman's, the Devontae Graham's. Like, Bill Self just kind of has a type with Keep those going, two guards, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, those are just, those are kind of his guys. So, no, I see where you're going with. I think what's interesting about this list, 11 through 20, and just in general with kind of this rookie class, is like the kind of big man, right? Like, Jalen Duran. And Mark Williams are kind of just those athletic dudes that are good for alley-oops and are really good rebounders. You kind of get a little bit of that with Walker Kessler as well, although he definitely has the most athletic game. Chet Holmgren, like you said, he's kind of the unicorn of the group. But I think that's kind of what stood out to me. Tari Easton was the guy who was originally taken 17th overall by Houston, who came in at 15 on this list. He was the guy for me that was kind of my sleeper. I watched him a lot at LSU unbelievable defender just a really good three and d guy that that i thought would fit in nicely i don't know if houston's the perfect spot for him because they're clearly in rebuild mode and trying to find like their core guys but if tari easton ends up landing on like a veteran team at some point over the next couple years like i I think he could be he could be a guy to potentially watch I, i like easton i think most of these teams if they're being honest with themselves they're like man we just need to suck for one more year because this is the draft, right? Like if you look at the top of this draft, there's some players that when they come in immediately, immediately will change the fate of the franchises. And obviously you got Scoot Henderson who's probably going to end up the number two pick. And some of these guys out of college, like a Brandon Miller. And you know, there's like a, some of these type of players. But if you look at a Victor Wenbanyama, and I'm not just talking about his highlights or his stats, but the impact that I think he's going to have, if not in year one, but by year two, whatever team ends up with that dude, let's call it the Pistons, or let's call it the Magic, whichever crappy team gets that guy, I'm telling you, not next year, but the year after that, not a contender, but a playoff team. And then three years from that, man, he's every bit the prospect that LeBron James was coming out. Yeah. And he's seven foot two. It's nuts. I know. It is. What would be like the biggest? That guy. What would, he is. What would be the bigger shocker if Wembenyama doesn't go one in the NBA draft or if Connor Bedard Stop. doesn't go one in the NHL draft? They're both going number one. Stop. Have you seen I the know. odds? I like, know. So right I have now? to ask, yeah. what would be the you, biggest shocker? You, like, <laughs> you, you, you got to bet your house and your Ferrari, bud. You can only make five bucks if you do. So they're both going to be the number one pick. No, I agree with you. I do think the second overall market is kind of interesting. Scoot Henderson's minus 250. Brandon Miller's plus 150. Third overall, Miller's plus 110. Scoot is plus 150. So for a while, it was kind of the thought was like Weminyama and Henderson were 1-2. But Brandon Miller, potential. And obviously, dependent on who the team could be picking at number two, maybe, maybe he goes second overall. 